Welcome to Tribune Sports Radio, everybody, from the seventh floor of the Salt Lake Tribune offices. Uh, today, we have a return guest with us, Mr. Matthew Piper. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. You have to put the microphone Woo! to your mouth. That's why we couldn't hear you. I'm doing great. There we go. <laughs> to help round out their thing, we have a regular guest, a uh, uh, regular panelist. We've got Chris Camarani. Uh, hey, happy Monday. Kevin Winter-Morris. Thanks for having me back. And Aaron Falk. Good morning, everybody. So, uh, in the upcoming week, uh, Matthew, we're going to be doing the, is it the Pac-12 Media Preview? Pac-12 Media Days. Media Days. When is that? That is a Wednesday and Thursday in Los Angeles. Uh, so, it's going to, uh, walk us through, what do you, it, obviously it's going to be the first time you're going to be there. What's, uh, what's the experience, what are you anticipating for your first experience there? Oh, you know, rainbows and candy canes and no there's going to be a, a series of 12 interviews with a coach and two players from each team uh -huh. and we're going to sit there and uh, type up what they say and uh, i'm sure it'll be riveting stuff who's going to be there for utah drez anderson and nate orchard how are they for interviews oh they're both you know you know um let's backtrack here for a second <laughs> I know next to nothing about the University of Utah football program. Okay. So when we talk about these players, and maybe some, some of the listen, some of the listeners, <laughs> some of the listeners too, uh, talk about the, both the position, what year they are in school, just kind of you know broader strokes on that. Sure. Jez Anderson is a senior who I believe uh, had a hundred and two or a hundred or one thousand and two receiving yards last year. Um, he's a very fast player. He's the son of a former NFL player, Flipper Anderson. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty outgoing guy, really kind of jovial guy. And uh, he's a senior this year. I think the head coach tries to bring along guys who he thinks may be potential NFL draft picks to get them some buzz. Uh, Kyle Wingham also selected Nate Orchard, probably for the same reason. Uh, another outgoing guy who's very articulate, and he is a, uh, a Utah product. He's entering his senior season with the hopes of uh, getting a few more sacks this year. Right, right now there's not a whole lot of buzz about uh, Nate Orchard outside of Utah. People in state sort of know him to be a pretty, uh, pretty impressive athlete, but he doesn't have is the that, numbers. That is that a snub? I mean, like being left off these lists for him? I mean, maybe that motivates him if he if he needed more motivation. But I mean, sh should he be? I mean, I watch him and he, he look he's a, looks like a good player, obviously. But is he deserving of maybe more? Um, I don't know. It, it, is it, should he be on a list of the top fifty-five defenders or whatever it is in the country? Probably. Um, but those lists are so meaningless anyway. I, I, he really shouldn't be paying any attention to those lists. He should have. Bigger things on his mind. Is it possible this could be Whittingham's last year uh, being attending one of these? You know, is he on the hot seat over at the University of Utah? Or sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any year, uh, you know, if you go winless, uh, it doesn't matter. Any year, you have the potential to be on uh, the hot seat. I think with with Whittingham, the goal is to get to a bowl game, and I I don't think that's a sure thing at all. But Absolutely, it could be his final season at the University of Utah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't put my money on that, but yeah, anytime you you go into a schedule like the Utes have this year, uh, where the stakes are high. Uh, I, I I think that if you look at all the coaches of the um, major programs in the state, and that includes uh, the professional as well, I think Whittingham's got to have the hottest seat, right? I mean, the only other one who would be close would be Bronco down at BYU the football coach because you look at utah basketball larry 
seems fine. Dave Rose seems fine at, at BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if you want to get into – if you want to include Utah State in that, Matt Wells is fine. Um, uh, maybe Stu Morrow. Maybe, I mean, maybe Stu. I, I, I think Stu and Kyle would probably be close. Uh, professionally, there is in trouble. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 there, yeah, there's been a lot of turmoil in that program over the last year with kids leaving. and um, Yeah, I, I think Stu would probably be the closest. That's to, probably to accurate. Kyle. Yeah, no, I, Kyle's, Kyle's in the, the bottom two of the major sport, major team coaches list right now. Uh, that, that, that's, that's probably a pretty safe thing to say. Where are the youths right now in terms of practicing? Are they just doing – have the summer practices started or um, are they weight room? Just uh, give it a snapshot of what they're doing uh, right now to getting ready for the upcoming season. So what they do this summer is the first summer where – uh, coaches are allowed to have to attend the strength and conditioning that they do and to work with players on some tape uh, for for a couple hours a week and then in addition to that in addition to those eight why would they hours, limit why would they limit time if it's during the summer months when these kids don't have classrooms uh, is, is there they don't want uh, is it just an NCAA rule well it was it was an NCAA rule and and part of the idea is I think that uh, that these Practices that were deemed to be uh, voluntary were not really voluntary, and so they've they've sort of eliminated some of the the, the facade there mm-hmm. that uh, that these were voluntary practices, and they've given coaches the time to work with transfer players and incoming freshmen so that they're prepared when fall camp starts. Um, and then, so they have eight hours a week, six hours in the gym two hours of film time and then in addition to that players on their own are able to organize without coaches uh, sort of little get-togethers where they they throw and catch and and mm-hmm. go over their their schemes and get together and you know just do some teamwork uh, some team bonding and stuff like that right yeah just right so my, my question is who's one two going into fall camp at quarterback is it is it is it Wilson and Thompson, a, a kid who we haven't even seen, you know, put on the drum and feather, the block you, whatever you want to call it? Is is Kendall Thompson going to be the kind of the story of fall, of fall camp along with Travis's, you know, condition? Without a doubt, the story of the start of fall camp will be Kendall Thompson. Um, nobody knows what he's going to be like. You know, he went four for thirteen at Oklahoma. Uh, but he was a guy who Oklahoma thought at one point, or at least Oklahoma media thought at one point, might be the eventual starter at Oklahoma. And it's Oklahoma. So uh, a guy who might it's be able no to Utah, start then. at Oklahoma is, is not uh, a schlub. But then again, Travis Wilson looks like uh, Rocky Balboa now. And, uh, you know, I think he's done everything. Punch drunk? That coaches <laughs> – What's that? Rocky Balboa always looked punch drunk to me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I don't think he's he's taken repeated. Uh, you mean the guy running up the steps at the, the museum, Rocky Balboa, right? He has the physique of a uh, a much taller Rocky Balboa. Okay. <laughs> There's there was a photo that made the rounds on Twitter this week. Oh, okay. For the the Utah football initiated there. Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Yeah, Travis Wilson going in as the number one, without a doubt. And Kendall Thompson is going to have to prove himself much better than Travis Wilson to to get that spot. Are, th- are the coaches worried at all about Travis not getting any f- contact for however many months it's been? I mean, they say they're not. 
Um, I couldn't tell you, honestly, what they're, they're really thinking, but I would imagine that that is something of a worry. They say that, that uh, you know, the doctors have given him a clean bill of health, and he's, uh, he's good to go. Sure. But it, for Thompson to come to Utah, isn't there – don't you think there had to have been some kind of a uh, double wink, nod, nod, wink, wink, you know? You, you know, <laughs> Travis is a starter, wink, wink, wink. But, you know, you might want to consider coming here. Who knows? Things well, could change. The, interestingly, when those discussions began, it seemed a lot less certain that Travis Wilson would come back and play. That's true, yeah. That's a good point. You know, I, I think I think that Kendall Thompson may have made his mind up before it became clear that Travis would have a good shot of right. coming back. And if if that was the case, he had to feel pretty good about coming here and competing. You know, coaches may all coaches are always very careful to say that they haven't promised anybody anything, but we know that right. that's not true. We know that there, there there are guys out there that are getting promises somewhere. Now, yeah, whether that green. happens at, at Utah, I don't know. But there are, there are obviously guys in college football who have been promised playing time, and you see it because they they continue to play uh, when right. they're being outperformed by by other guys. You know, I I don't think that's the culture at Utah. I I think that they try to keep it as much a meritocracy as they can. But Kendall Thompson, at the very least, was promised a chance to compete for the starting job, and that's going to mean that he gets the reps that an, at least a number two quarterback would get coming right. into fall camp. Right. And it's it's been a couple busy weeks for you with Harvey Longy coming back from his mission and all the hullabaloo about him maybe going to BYU. What's going on with, with Harvey, a former Bingham High running back who played at the U a year before going on a mission? Yeah, that's a hot question right now. And, you know, some some sleuthing fans have found that a Javier Longy uh, is enrolled at BYU. Uh, I did a little digging and found that that doesn't necessarily mean too much. Uh, as far as the NCAA is concerned, you've triggered a transfer once you enroll full-time and then attend a class in that term, or if you practice with the team. You can supersede all the right. enrollment stuff if you practice with the team. Uh, you know, that, to our knowledge, has not happened yet, and the it's been radio silence from Utah coaches and from, from Harvey Longy's family. So... It's a practice when you're talking about that. It's just like those get-togethers you were talking about earlier, like just him joining up with some of the yeah, BYU you know, guys. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally sure on that. I'm not totally sure <laughs> if, if attending, like, summer strength and conditioning would count. I kind of imagine it would. If it was on Because it's an BYU official campus, organized yeah. team activity. Yeah. yeah. If it were, uh, you know, playing catch with BYU's quarterback, I don't know that that would. So prior to going on his mission, he actually was committed to the University of Utah? Yeah, he played a season at, uh, at, at the U, oh his freshman season. and Served uh, a two-year mission, and then he comes back, and now it's almost a coin toss if he's going to return at all. Yeah, Jay Drew most recently spoke with his mother, who has been inundated with requests to speak to Harvey. Nobody, I think, has Harvey's phone number. And it's a little unfortunate, the timing of it. You know, she gets her son back from his mission and, and uh, just gets blasted, blasted. with phone <laughs> calls from the media. Um, and, and apparently she told Jay Friday morning that this was not a done deal yet. I would have to think that given all the press about it and the positive comments from BYU fans who obviously want a talented player to enter their program and the negative comments from Utah fans who don't want a player to leave their program, uh, Harvey Longy has to be a strong BYU lean mm -hmm. in, in my uninformed 
opinion. How was he his freshman year? Uh, the, you know, was there, it just a there, lot of potential there that they, they want to tap into? Well, he was years? he was buried behind John White. I mean, John White. I think that year wasn't that. Yeah, John, mean, John White was unbelievable. And people have said on social media that Harvey Longy was not so great his freshman year. Uh, that's I think based on a couple plays where he made incorrect reads mm-hmm. and you know sort of went to hand, went to went for a handoff on the other side of the quarterback and then everybody got blown up and it was it was like a disaster. But I think he ran for you know he, on his few carries he had a five plus yards per carry average and he was an unbelievable running back at, at Bingham, mm-hmm. one of the best in state history. Then uh, news came this summer, earlier this summer, that he wanted to move. Utah coaches said he wanted to move to outside linebacker or defensive end. Uh, so, so he will be playing a new position, it seems, if he does choose to stay at the U. Does he have the height for it? He's about six two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he's I mean he's he's built solid as Sears. Yeah, I mean he he he's like a uh, almost a Mike uh, uh, Michael Jack. Miles Jack Jack at UCLA where you know you could put him at three or four different positions and he would fit kind of that physical mold on offense or defense yeah and they he's listed at I think now 250 pounds so he's he's a big guy what do you think is uh some of the besides the players you've named where are some of the key returners that are coming back for uh, this next upcoming year for the Utes well, one thing that may make the Utes a little bit better than they're projected to be is that they get a few returners who were not there last season due to injury or sitting out because of uh, transfer rules. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth Scott will be back. You know, last season, Drez Anderson, who I've talked about, yeah, yeah. he uh, he was kind of on an island. Uh, it, he, defenses were able to, uh, to game plan for Drez Anderson because they didn't have anything else to scare them. Uh, with Utah's receivers, Kenneth Scott though is is uh, he's a, he's a force when he's healthy. He's a big big guy as, as Kevin uh, saw for yep. himself firsthand in spring camp, and he's got great hands. Uh, you know he runs great routes. He kind of does it all. So if he's if he's back and and at a hundred percent, that's going to make Utah a lot more dynamic. And then they also have Brian Blecken back after missing last season. Blecken is a uh, uh, most experienced guy in their defense, sort of a ball hawk, maybe not a traditional, uh, you know, Pac-12 athlete, but a guy who can play safety and linebacker, and uh, you know, catch the balls that are thrown his way and force a fumble every now and then. How would you describe a traditional Pac-12 uh, football player? You know, when you very <laughs> athletic, very good. I mean, <laughs> Pac-12s, Pac-12. You could make an argument is the second best conference mm-hmm. in in the United States. And they they sort of got the most sway uh, west of the Mississippi. So th- it's uh, you know yeah, how much competition is there there west of the Mississippi? Well, Big Twelve, Big Ten, they they they're, uh, they have a big imprint there. Uh, uh, the Big Ten, I'm gonna put the Big Ten east of the Mississippi. Okay. So you're Geography. looking at the Big Twelve, Big Sky, Mountain West, Mountain, Mountain West. West. Well, there may, there may not be a lot of competition, but that's still a pretty huge chunk of the U.S. population that they have sort of dibs on, right? Uh, I'm not going to know. I mean, it, it, California, yes, is located west of the Mississippi. However, Dude. so is Idaho. You know, they kind of go to Hawaii, a lot of Alaska. California kids go to a lot of other places. Hawaii. Vancouver. That's mm. true. Vancouver. Generally speaking, generally speaking here. 
California kids are going to be pretty excited by a USC offer. Or UCLA or Stanford. Or an Oregon offer. Yeah. Maybe. Washington or Washington Maybe. State. <laughs> so, what's, so what's the best worst-case scenario? Start us with, with best-case scenario for, what's, for what the Utes could have in store this season. Travis Wilson stays healthy, throws 30 touchdowns, yeah, you leads know, him to a bowl to game. Say, you know, 14, 14 and 0. Yeah. Uh, college football okay. playoff. Uh, raise, raise the title. Uh, yeah, in worst case scenario, he'd have oh, probably, yes, probably, yes, probably 0 and 12. <laughs> 0 and 12, yeah. Lost uh, to Idaho State in the opener. Yeah, you know what? Really, the worst case scenario is probably uglier than people want to accept. Uh, you know, today, Paul Meyerberg from USA Today released his uh, his 51st best team in the country, and that was Fresno State. And uh, Paul, I think, had the Utes at 66. And this guy's done his homework. I mean, he, he ha does very thorough previews of all these teams. Right now, I think ranked higher than the Utes are Washington State, Oregon State, and uh, Fresno State, and those are three games that Utah has to win if they're talking about a bowl game. If Utah loses to those teams, and then they lose to all the other teams that are pretty clearly at this point better than them, you know, from what we know now, okay. uh, then that's that's a three-win season. That's sure. a two-win season. So if you're looking about, so if you're a kid growing up in the Los Angeles County or Orange County there, and you want to go to USC or UCLA, like Chris was saying, what does Utah have to do? long term not just for the season but for the next five years to improve upon recruiting i mean i know they've done a lot of work with the training facilities up at the the u but i mean if you could put on the head coaching mantle hat for uh, a few moments what do you think how could you change the culture of utah falling short in a lot of these games you know i don't know what i'd do i it's a tough job utah's got a lot working against it. It's got a perception issue, you know. It, it's very easy easy to negatively recruit against Utah mm -hmm. uh, because of all the stereotypes that we know about. Yeah, from living here, yeah. Um, and it's it's not the hometown school for a lot of the kids that they're going after. And then the, the hometown kids now are on the radar for teams like Michigan and Wisconsin and Stanford, as my colleague Kyle Goon wrote about this weekend. So... Uh, I don't know what you do because the, the, the short answer is you win, but how do you reverse the slide? You know, yeah. you, you almost need, you almost just have to pray. You almost just need some <laughs> luck. One to go year. into one of the stars. Well, and, and you need winning. Let's yeah. be honest. If, if Utah was contending for a Pac 12 championship right. every year, I think right. they, uh, you would A, be able to keep a lot of these talented kids in state, and yeah. B, might be able to get into the, into the doors of kids in California. Yeah. But what but, it, it takes players to win. Yeah, exactly. It's winning exactly. players. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean. It's a basic formula. Oregon is is sort of the best case scenario for Utah, right? I mean, the best they can do is hope to have sort of a flash about their program and to have a reputation from, from having won a bunch of games that maybe their, their you know, talent base or population center uh, wouldn't necessarily support. But I mean, I think these kids going into football, they're, they're not dummies. And you know, also probably want a, a positive college experience. And, you know, and uh, regrettably, my sister went to Eugene, and Eugene is a fantastic college town. You know, like just stepping right. onto the campus, it's, it, you're, it's sort of elevating it to a certain degree. Yeah. The University of Utah, regrettably, is more of a, a commuter school, even though I know That's there's a true. lot. That's and true. So, and in terms of like a nightlife that student athletes want to participate in, you know, it's like the U. Unfortunately, it's one of the few. I, one of the problems I think 
that it has a, in terms of perception of it being a college experience is that they don't have enough of the amenities that the community provides to it. Well, yeah. Right, and that's why Utah has to tailor its message for what it has. And the, I think the kids that Utah will get traditionally are the kids that don't want distractions. They're the kids that, you know, well, first of all, in a lot of cases, they're the kids that UCLA and USC and Oregon don't want. That's just the way yeah. it is right now. That's the, the cachet that they have. They have a tough time beating out those schools. But when they do beat out big schools for kids in inner cities and other states, a lot of times what, the, what you hear is that they wanted to come to Utah because it was so different and because it was so distraction-free. Maybe they don't want to go to a Madison, Wisconsin, where you know, the, the bar crawl beats any other. Could get uh, maybe they want to come to a place where, where it supports, you know, it, you know I, I don't think it's because it's a commuter school this is necessarily the case, but that has, a, that has sort of a family atmosphere mm -hmm. and some older players and, you know, uh, less distractions, more focus on football. When are they getting uh, ramping up for the official practice? When does uh, that start? So players have to report for fall camp on August 2nd, and then it starts on Monday, August 4th. And it's two-a-days for a couple of weeks and then getting ready to go? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. What is uh, What would be, if you were a freshman coming in there, if you had a chance, it, uh, I can't think of a freshman off the top of my head, but if you had a moment to kind of give them a little uh, uh, advice as they're getting into these two-a-days, uh, what would you say? You know, obviously they've been through four years. Probably, you know, it's got to be hydration. <laughs> got to be hydration. You got to hydrate. No, but what would what would be the need to know thing? Like, if you were to say, "Hey, this is Utah football. What is the tradition above and beyond what the coaches have been probably feeding him? You know, since they've uh, signed up with the U." Um, if they were taking advice from me, they're <laughs> they're in trouble. <laughs> me as a freshman, yeah. Uh, don't don't be anything like I was as a college freshman. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Utah does, you know, tr I, I think this is probably a case at a lot of schools, but Utah does have a, a history of giving great freshmen the opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. And so if they come in and they're dedicated and they're better than everyone else, then they could see the field right away. And uh, the, I, I guess I, my advice would be don't take it for granted that you'll be sitting out this year. What about what about Jersey? scandal gate whatever we're going to call it with these fans leaking these so-called new jerseys that kind of sent everyone into a tizzy last week what's going what on about it? what do you think about it well i mean i've never i've talking. never been to shields so i can't really comment there's a ferris wheel in there all right there's a ferris wheel <laughs> and a lot in of dead animals can we can we okay secondly i'm gonna i'm gonna maybe lobby for our next podcast to be in shields I'm on the Ferris <laughs> next, wheel. Next, next to the Ferris wheel, next With to the, the Utah animals. jerseys, so we can really kind of. And the, dead the place where they allow you to pick up any gun in the entire place. Hey, and you can try on like soccer cleats, baseball cleats. You can With a you, shotgun over your shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> and a dead like, deer you looking like at you. Sleeves? I don't, I mean, if they're real, I just. They're I mean, real, right? It's, they're it, the replica jerseys they're, for the, the, the football team's jerseys. There's no doubt about that. They're, those are the jerseys that fans will pay yeah. 70, 80 bucks they'll, to They'll buy. look better on people who are in strong, physically yeah. strong, yeah. And in good shape, and not us. I just, <laughs> when I first saw them, and I, and I, I kind of did the take that everyone else did. It's like, you know, this is awfully Spider Man, like 1995. And then I started running through scenarios like, you know, who's Uncle Ben at Utah? <laughs> who's Peter Parker? You know, who's Who'd Aunt you come May? Up with? I don't know. I mean, 
Who's Mary it, Jane? Yeah, who, yeah, exactly. Who's Mary Jane? It's these are all these are all questions that are going on in my mind. But I, I, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of them if they are in fact the the jerseys that will come out just because I mean I I have is no problem. Spider? I mean, is it a spider? It looks no, like lightning it, it's, bolts. They're, or, they're mountains. Yeah, they're, 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 they look they're like sort mountains. Of craggy. Yeah. comic it book like, style yeah, that, mountains. That, uh, like hardened soil. Like you would find. Well, it's like they look like you know when you're driving on the freeway and we have those like little mountain things yeah. on the concrete on the side of the freeway. Yeah. That's what it kind oh, of reminded yeah, me sound of. Barriers on the freeway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's you know there's a mountain. It reminded cut me into of like Zelda mountains. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I appreciate like the idea of some sort of local theme tie-in, but the execution. Well, and let's be honest. Lacking. I mean, I mean, kids nowadays are all about swag, and they love the looks Should about things. I mean, if Utah's gonna, you know, pump out those jerseys, they, I mean, you gotta impress these kids. Yeah. These kids are all about going to Under Armour camps and getting all these awesome jerseys and gloves. You better you better impress these kids, Here's man. What I will say, I think that these jerseys look particularly bad in replica form. Okay. I think that if you they're not made to have t-shirt sleeves. I think you'll see some sort of mountain mountain. Yeah, they might curl under. Yeah. They might curl the under the pads, yeah. And then the rest of the jersey will be a pretty clean look. They'll I'm sure have some kind of you know mountain themed gloves and socks and sleeves. And it, it'll be You're the ensemble will be more <laughs> impressive than the the you know. So if you've got thirty inch guns and those things are uh, rocking up high close to your armpits, it's going to look pretty good with the mountain theme on that. Where, but if you have a couple of noodle arms, it's going to look like Peter Parker spider webs. Even if you have thirty inch guns, if you wear the replica, it's going to look like Peter Parker's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, basically, this podcast has been tailored to Matt because he's got all these interesting things going on. So I apologize. I don't feel like it's been very interesting so far, but I'll, I'll try it. to improve. Well, I mean, jerseys, right? Which Shields. Way, we got to the hot topic. Yeah. You know, little red flags up. With uh, speaking of jerseys. Yes. But, uh, uh, this transition's great. You were not going there to Tour de France. It's his favorite sporting <laughs> event. <laughs> Give Dude. Benny a chance to talk about his favorite sporting event, the well, Tour de France. Well, the Tour de France is well, it's France, but we'll we'll go ahead as and we're moving as we're moving potatoes, potatoes. On this, uh, as we're changing topics on this. Um, we, before we got on the mic, you know, uh, to catch the listeners up, I was complaining that you know in years past it was something that you'd want to you would enjoy watching because of Lance Armstrong and there's the doping scandals and everything that went with it, but ultimately what it proved to be was a probably exactly what they anticipated when they formed the, the race upwards of what, like 109 years ago or something, is that it's an opportunity to kind of showcase France and its geography and its landscape and, you know, just uh, kind of what a beautiful country it is. But what's frustrating now is if uh, someone who's, who uh, will turn it on on occasion is that it's, it's a hot cluster. It's, it's a mess when you watch it. You know, it's, 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 you don't see writers. You see crowds. You don't see, you know, the pentatons. You see, you know, just... You know, sweeping shots of vineries and you know old castles and stuff and when you really think about dude it, how many other sports do you get to watch castles it's not like you were jousting dude dude if you get to watch if you get to, if you get to see some guy you know riding by some like 12th century castle where some crazy stuff probably happened that's cool but you don't have to watch it every day but i mean you kind of have to just take it for what it is it's i don't know 
I think I mean I don't watch know. the last hour. That's I mean here's the thing. The, the stages take like nine hours. Just watch the last thirty well, minutes. Yeah, That's the last thirty minutes yeah, is where they actually start to ride the start bike. Oh boy, oopsie daisy, guys. Uh, that chalked that one on Ben Raskin. Uh, the, we were recording the the podcast, and unfortunately, the computer we ran out of memory on that, and so uh, no more talk on endurance sports and uh, Tour of Utah and the Tour de France. But we will get into that next week. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Um, obviously, it's a free podcast. If you can do it, it's a big favor, though. Go to iTunes. Please rank and review the show. It helps us. And uh, follow the fellas on Twitter. Uh, we got at Trib Jazz for Aaron Falk, at K Mo for Kevin Winter Morris, uh, at Chris Kamrani f- uh, for August, and uh, at Matthew underscore Piper. Uh, if we're out there, just throw at Benny Raskin on there. Why not? Just do the whole kit and caboodle. Um, we uh, always want to listen to uh, input from you guys. Uh, we're putting together a mailbag in the upcoming weeks. You guys have sent us some nice comments, and we definitely appreciate that. Uh, follow the Tribune. Look at the stories. Get out there. Be a mensch. Tell a friend about the show. And uh, once again, that, uh, that was me messing, that's, uh, messing up that last part of the podcast. So anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Take care.